0: are live and we're back man. we are back. We took a little hiatus. We'll kind of talk to you a little bit about that, about what's been going on in the the Maurice and Amanda show um, in our lives. But we want to welcome you back to another episode of Civil Discord, your weekly dose of radical curiosity. I am one of your hosts out here in the People's Republic of Texas, where it has been raining for the past four days, and we love every single bit of it. Um, I think our burn ban is no longer in effect. Uh, we are no longer considered to be in a drought, um, even though we've been in a drought for, man, probably the past nine months or so. Um, but, hey, it is great. I got to mow my lawn today. Things are fabulous. Again, I am your one of your hosts, Maurice Jones, a.k.a. The Notorious BLG. And with me, as always, here more often than I am, is the great, the supreme Barely. overlord of liberty, the great Amanda Ajax, the Griff out there in the People's Republic of California. Amanda, how's it going?
1: It's going. There's so much going. um, And it's just like sweeping me with it. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll update y'all people. Um, It's going really well. I have been doing things. If you guys are following my personal Twitter, if you're following um, the civil discord Twitter, where we are cross promoting some of my ish, um, you will see that I have been writing things and have been appearing on, on various programs and, uh, I guess we'll, we'll do a little bit of self-promoting and updating, but yeah, people take off for August. I was feeling kind of guilty and, 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 you know, you know, people do take off for August, although that's the worst time for podcasters to take off because you always say, like you always expect everyone to be gone. And so then you want someone to be consistent. And I apologize that we were not consistent for you, lovely audience members, Yeah. Um, but we're I mean, getting
0: our sea legs. Exactly. It's we apologize. It is what it is, but hey, as you said, like I mean, we've got things going on. Um I I don't know if you want to call this fortunately or unfortunately. I am in the public education sector and school is starting back up, so like we're ramping up for that. I'm also a coach, so we are in full swing with volleyball season. That is going um and it's fun, and I have a little one that is due in about three weeks so we are literally getting that house ready to go um i am planning trips as far as routes from from our away games to the hospital as far as which the fastest route to go because i'll be driving and not riding the bus with everybody else um i've been we've been i've been cleaning the house getting the yard ready getting the nursery ready like getting all kinds of things ready. We have the hospital bag going. The whole car seat is in the car ready to go. Like I just I don't know if I'm ready or not, but if she comes out tomorrow, we'll be excited. So, um that that's just really what 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 I've been um been dealing with. So, it's really just been schooling, preparing for the 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 soon to be little Jones running around the house um excited and and honestly really just taking care of my wife as yeah. she is I feel so bad, but she is miserable. She is utterly miserable. She's big. And she the other day she said, Why didn't you tell me you were such a big baby? Um, I'm a twin. So for, for the for people so who should have been small. No, ex- yeah. yeah, I should have been. I was for for a twin, we were right about six. I was about six pounds three ounces. Okay. And and my and my twin was right about six pounds. So we were, I mean. For being a twin, that, that that's a decent size. Like, that's a hefty baby. And, and so her last checkup, which her last ultrasound, was roughly about three weeks ago. The baby was about six, right about six pounds or so. And they say, like, in this last, the last six weeks, they gained a pound a week. So they, uh I, I just, I feel so bad for my wife. She is just, oh, she is, gosh. she, and it's been hot. She's just been miserable. So every single night, I'm trying to rub her feet. I'm trying to make her feel better or whatnot. Trying to make this as pleasant as possible, but, um, but, but, to those of y'all who pray, pray for my wife. To those of y'all who, I mean, whoever you pray to or whatever, um, you guys know me and I and, and and I am a Christian, so I I I pray to Yahweh. But <laughs> um, if 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 you guys w- would in in whatever chance opportunity you get, just. Just send some some uplifting, encouraging encouragement towards my wife, because I know she's she's a bit scared. This, of course, is our first child. So she is she's nervous as I get as I as as am I. But she's she's the one who's actually having the baby. So she is a lot more nervous than I am. So just send some encouraging, uplifting words her way. And I'm sure she would be grateful for it. But enough about me and Miss Aria and my my wife. Uh, Amanda, what's been going on with you?
1: A uh, lot of things. So, for uh, those who have have not been following, I am a contributor for Young Voices, which is like a, a talent agency for heterodox thinkers getting their start in journalism and broadcast media. And um, I have been. I've had a few podcast appearances, a couple radio appearances early in the morning because specific time is not something that people do. Um, But that's fine. I have to get acclimated. It's great. Um, Most recently, however, and I am super pumped about this. I did an hour and 20 minute long deep dive on the Herd Tell podcast. I want to call it the Herd Tell program because it also has a video element as well. We'll be linking to that. It's a deep dive on Machiavelli. I have threatened for a long time to just go off on Machiavelli on this podcast. Fortunately, I didn't have to. (laughs) I had a radio interview and the host, Andrew Donaldson, is a wonderful fellow who is an absolute history buff. And we talked about Machiavelli, all about Machiavelli, and that is now out. Um, We did it, and we tried to do it in layman's terms. What I couldn't do in layman's terms, Andrew was fantastic at bringing it back and putting into layman's terms. Mm -hmm. So we cover everything. We do history. We do myths. He he asked me a lot of questions about various myths and misconceptions about Machiavelli. We did Founding Fathers stuff. We did Machiavelli today. We talked about Machiavelli. Is he a communist? Is he a proto-Marxist? All this stuff please check it out. I've peaked, it's downhill from here because this was a dream come true. Um, but yes, uh, various things that I have been doing uh, involving uh, involving uh, Machiavelli and also politics and political commentary. Again, you follow me on, a- uh, on Twitter at griff. you can follow civil discord, we'll probably be linking to a lot of my stuff. Uh, So thanks, guys, for bearing with me and coming along for the ride. But I am definitely very much active, and you can see me in various places and hear my voice, which I know you want. For sure, definitely. Unlike Maurice, that is actually like creating life and doing something. I'm making (laughs) words. I'm making words and having a face. and that's. I am
0: not creating life. No, 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 no. Life is growing in my wife. I am not the one that is creating life. You
1: helped. (laughs) You were essential. Yeah. At
0: least hopefully I was. Hopefully, I was. Well, it is nice to be back. I, I, I will say that I, I do enjoy our, our weekly, um, doses of radical curiosity. Uh, for sure. For sure. Um, definitely. Is, is my video in? Can you see me? You're. Like, you actually
1: look really bored because you're frozen right now. Okay. So just you That's look very disappointed in me, and you look like you're judging me. But it's a great. <laughs> like it's kind of is a little bit kind of sexy. Little cast to the side. Eyes. Exactly. I mean, At least it's my it good looks side. Good. Yeah, this is
0: my good side. I, was, yeah. I, like, I think my video is frozen, so it could be an album and,
1: cover, quite frankly. You it looks, t- Yes. <laughs> like
0: oh, we can do that. Um, no, so we will. Uh, I will, I will see if 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 that will adjust it. So if that if if that unfreezes, then 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 so be it. If not, I guess my camera is frozen, and you guys will just see my see my my mean mug look. That's my, that's the look that I have when I'm coaching on the sidelines. So that's great. <laughs> not really, not really. So, um, but, but, but it, it is good to be back. It's good to be back. It's good to um be able to, to talk some things. There has been, there've been a few things that have happened um since we've took, taken a little break or whatnot. Um, and I kind of live under a rock as, as always. Again, I, I told you guys how, what, what my life has been like over the past couple of weeks. But I know um, Donald Trump had his, his house rated it was it was like a house in florida right one of his houses in florida yeah
1: was raided. I, mar-a-lago um yeah
0: yeah so had his house rated for the um the the alphabet boys as, as i like to call them um part of the alphabet boys boys the fbi decided to bust bust into his house looking for stuff or whatnot and of course you know he makes it a stunt so amanda what's going on with that one
1: yeah. So essentially, what happened here is that uh, President Trump seems to have uh, seems to have violated some laws that basically say when you are leaving the White House as an outgoing president, you can't take stuff with you. Uh, the major issue with that is that basically every president has taken stuff with them when they've left the White House. So this seems right. to be a selectively applied uh, warrant. However, it still seems like he's violated this thing. Um, and what people are now speculating about is, well, you know, what is what is in there? Maybe there's special super secret information that Trump was going to give to the Russians or, or, or use somehow. Can we pick a new one? I mean, it's just like, OK, um, so that that is a cause for a whole lot of speculation of course trump i feel like is loving this he's loving the attention he's loving that his base is supporting him through all of this he is loving that the spotlight's on him and you know what i think the democrats are loving this too and i think that the media is loving this too and i think that i'm not saying this is what happened if i were a conspiracy theorist but i'm not saying this is what happened what i am saying is that if i were a very shrewd Democratic strategist tactician um, I would have wanted this to happen because I would want Trump to be the nominee in 2024 because I would want to put up someone who could kick his butt yeah and I would I would think that Trump is a very easy guy to beat whether he is or not uh, that really depends and mm-hmm. I can't make predictions anymore. Um, because uh, 2016 happened and that just (laughs) tore a hole in the universe. But, uh, you know, ordinarily, he would be very easy to beat. And I Mm -hmm. would want to do everything I could to rile up his base and get people angry and ready to come out and push him through the primaries uh, so that I could trounce him in the general or my candidate could trounce him in the general. Um, Once again, we don't know what is going to happen and why exactly this search and seizure happened uh but it's it's very interesting we'll see how this plays out any thoughts for me maurice on this on what's going on here
0: i just uh, it's it's so ironic that that um i see i see a lot of people who um who are always who are called Trump, Smith. oh he he's breaking this law he's doing this he's doing that yada 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 yada, yada. and and granted like i mean i don't i don't know what he has like i'm i'm not going to sit here and say he's the only president to ever take things from the white house like i he's not like i mean if to believe that he is 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 pretty naive but to to see people so crazy one way or the other uh so so de- definitive of oh he's being he's being um attacked about this that the third and then Oh, he, you know, he's, he should be put in prison and, and, and whatnot, which again, I, makes no difference to me. I, I I think a lot of these presidents should be in prison for a lot of, for a lot of crazy things that that they've done, but uh, for the, for them not to address the whole, I mean, and I know this is years ago, but for the, for people not to address the Hillary issues that happened way back, long time ago, and for them to defend her and. Say this, that, and the third, but then the, to turn around and and say, "Oh well, Donald Trump needs to be in jail for all of this stuff." It, it's, it. I think it just proves that people are nuts, and people are so blinded by their views and their politics, and the and how they view specific um, situations that that they're they're not able to truly remove themselves emotionally, and say, "Okay, hey, this is wrong." If I'm going to be consistent, I need to be consistent in all places in my life and and whatnot. And and I'm with you. Like I I I think this is really this is a ploy to one you one people need something to talk about going into midterms. People need something to talk about um, as far as they need a common enemy because the Democrats can't say. Hey, uh, you know, look at what we've done over these past two years while we've been in office. Look at this. Look at that. Outside of this, I guess, this. This uh, inflation reduction act, which is not is not going to reduce inflation at all. Um, But outside of that, they need something to be able to point to and saying, hey, look, like we are going after the people who have who have done things and colluded against America and blah, 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 blah. Or whatnot. So they need something else to go after, which which this would be it. But I just like it is it's just one of those things of I I think that this is going to utterly backfire because I think that most Americans in middle America, the people who, who actually who actually are voting in the sense of they're not far, they're not red Trumpians, they're not, you know, far leftists that are voting blue no matter who kind of thing like all these people they don't care about this like i was they don't care about trump's house being raided they care about how are you impacting them what is what is happening to their dollar their bottom line and so forth and so if i were a democrat and now and i would and i would be running against uh donald trump i would probably stay away from topics like that, excuse me, and probably move over to things kind of like, hey, let's talk about affecting actual people. People in Wisconsin, Wisconsin, do not care about, about the Trump raid when they're still out of jobs, when the when the economy is is not in a recession, but it's in a recession. Um when, when all these things are happening, Trump raid is probably one of the, the, the last things on their list. And so I think that I agree with you that that if if I was if if I wanted to drum up a base of somebody who I can easily beat, I think Trump is Trump is definitely. If Joe Biden can beat Donald Trump, like I mean, we'll talk about how he beat him. We won't talk about that. But if Joe Biden can 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 beat Donald Trump, I think nearly anybody can beat Donald Trump as long as the Democrats do not put up a candidate like Hillary Clinton or kamala harris like if you put those up then you were just throwing you're throwing it away but i I, outside of those two i think there are a lot of people who could beat donald trump and and this would be a way for the democrats to easily um say hey maga train come 2024 because i mean i live in texas i see i see donald trump 2024 signs everywhere and it is i'm just like really you think like the dude just lost he lost to arguably one is one of the worst presidents in U.S. history in two years in. Like, come on, people. But hey, we'll see. We'll see.
1: What I do worry about is I think there does seem to be a general trend of using uh, accusations of the illegitimacy of various U.S. institutions on both sides, both sides yes. doing this and. Um, to stoke outrage and stoke political support in the short term so mm-hmm. you see democrats have been doing this a lot recently with the courts the court is illegitimate uh it started with kavanaugh and it's just going every single supreme court decision that comes out it's, it's illegitimate it's illegitimate um we saw this and we're seeing it with law enforcement too we saw it with and we're seeing it on the right with law enforcement, uh, with usually FBI, CIA, uh, which is an interesting turn of events, interesting pivot. Uh, we're seeing it with the CDC. And I'm not <laughs> saying, well, but I'm, and I'm not, in some cases, right, there's, it's just, I'm, I'm not a fan of the bureaucracy. For sure. Um, and a lot of these are institutions that have severe and entrenched issues. But what worries me is the use of the cry of institutional illegitimacy to mm. stoke one's base? It can provide short-term victory via outrage. Uh, I don't think it's conducive long-term because it's creating an overall sense of uh, you know of antipathy mm. toward our institutions, and that can carry up to things like the Constitution. It can carry up to our founding documents. Um, well, yeah, I know you're excited about that. It, it, you know, it goes straight to Articles of Confederation, too, okay? I mean, it'll just go uh, yes. right all the way back. So don't get any ideas. Um, but uh, but it worries me because I do want our country to be strong. I don't mm. want it to be completely unified, and I don't want everyone agreeing with each other all the time. And I want institutional challenges but I want there to be enough faith, and and again, I'm I'm one of those people who thinks that especially in a, a liberal republic, there needs to be a sense of distrust, like a little bit of distrust in right. institutions. It's the way this is being done, that that worries me. It's the purpose for which this is being done, um, and the bad faith with which it's being done doesn't surprise me, but it right. does worry me, uh, and it worries me about you know when there is truly, and when there are truly issues with our institutions, that's now become so politicized. One party can't criticize a given institution. Another party can't criticize that institution because now we've got parties and and partisan figures that have claimed one institution as an outlet of criticism. Mm -hmm. And so now the other has to defend and it just goes back and forth and back and forth. Um, that will actually create and breed less oversight of institutions because there'll be some that feel untouchable to one right. party uh, and others where we just attack them for these petty little reasons and not for the major reasons that perhaps right. do truly need some reform.
0: Exactly. Exactly. It is. It is it's always this. Um, I mean, and, and it's, it goes back to this idea of, of who who do I want in power and do I want in hold do I want them holding all this power in power? Like I know I just said power like five times, but you know, so it's the when when the right when Republicans are in power, the the Democrats deem everything as illegitimate. Hey, this doesn't work, and you know, like you're saying like Kavanaugh, you know, A C B, blah, 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 you know or whatnot and then when the left is in power or when democrats is in power i won't necessarily say the left because not all of them are left but um when the democrats are in power it's the same thing republicans are like hey you know this is illegitimate you know they're using these agencies for their own bidding and so forth and it literally just goes back and forth and back and forth and, and like i said there becomes a lot of distrust in said um in in, in i don't say alphabet agencies but but in 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 the bureaucracy that happens and 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 i completely get what you're saying as far as there there's got to be some level of trust there like there there has to be in order for this to sustain itself and i by no means as as an cap as i am i am not praying for the downfall of america like at all like that is not how i how i view things now granted do do i think that there are better better ways for us to um function then yes i do or whatnot but i but i don't i don't want this whole thing to implode because when things implode it creates a vacuum and, they, and good things do not happen in vacuums like i'm just gonna good things just do not happen in vacuums where where in vacuums of government chaos they just don't so um i think we've got to find some way to be able to um to to live in peace and harmony, um kind of like ebony and ivory or whatnot. We need to be able to live together to where we kind of play off of each other's like, hey, I mean, I don't like living in echo chambers. I don't, you know, as much as I want secession and and things that I don't want the secession for the echo chamber piece. like I think the secession happens because I don't think that there's any salvaging the the rift that is that has been created in america over the past 15 15 20 years or so so but but i i don't think people should live in echo chambers i think there needs to be some dialogue and discourse of people who disagree with one another living next door to each other because that is how you advance a society like you don't advance a society with everybody growing and until you know and until we're able to to see that like like this whole, this whole pendulum thing is just going to swing harder back to the left and then harder back to the right and harder back to the left. And, and it's, it's just going to be utter chaos. Um, but nonetheless, um, there's always a glimmer of hope everywhere because there's always somebody willing to take a stand and kind of move on and say, Hey, like I'm willing to, to, to die on whatever sword it is to, to, to be able to write whatever ship it is i mean it it happens in society like this is there's nothing new under the sun it's not like you know even if for if, if and when america does fall prayerfully it is not in my lifetime or my kids lifetime or my grandkids lifetime but if and when it does um i think people will be able to kind of be like a phoenix and rise from the ashes in that and and be able to to restore whatever faith in humanity that needs to be there. So cool people. All I say is stop using other people's power to advance your own agenda and then get mad when it gets flipped on you. That's all I say.
1: No, sounds good with me. Yeah, no, I, I think that, you know, there's, you don't have to trust the immediate agents of a given institution. For sure. There needs to be faith in the, sort of the the spirit of the institution
0: right exactly
1: and that allows you when that spirit is maligned or when that spirit is compromised by the people who are supposed to be its agents that allows you to be genuinely and legitimately and faithfully upset and outraged and so that's Mm -hmm. the kind of distrust i want to see um this this back and forth it's not good people it's no not good.
0: not good at all not good at all. but hey at least they're they they are reducing um they're reducing our 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 IRAs you know uh oh no I'm sorry that that was not the intent That's- of the act my bad it's supposed to be reducing inflation. Yeah, one
1: of our listeners calling it the IRA Reduction Act, and I think that's fantastic. <laughs> so, we're just gonna go with that. Now, sure. I can't get it out of my head the IRA Reduction Act, uh, it's perfect because it will indeed reduce your IRA. Um, you no, know, this is just gonna keep on being obviously an, an item in the news, of, of course, since it's now been signed. I continue to just be baffled by not not only the extent to which it does not reduce inflation. Mm -hmm. um, As we know, I was looking at um, the Penn Wharton business model numbers is this is what I do with my weekends, ladies and gentlemen, I look at Penn Wharton business model figures. Um, (laughs) I was I was looking and it's going to moderately lower, like mo- minimally like lower GDP and then minimally increase it and the net effect is zero. They basically went over the final version and said it doesn't do anything with inflation. Uh, and, and even the ex-proponents have now pivoted away from talking about what it's gonna do for inflation and talking about all that it's gonna do for the environment. Exactly. The problem with that is that it's not gonna do anything good for the environment either, people. Because again, I was look. I was looking at some of the environmental provisions, and we keep coming back to this on, on the show. But there are tax credits, uh, and and subsidies and handouts. It's the Inflation Reduction Act, ladies and gentlemen. I just want to keep on Inflation Reduction Act giving money to people um, for having certain types of electric vehicles by twenty twenty four those electric vehicles need to have either been made in America and they can't contain batteries, battery parts that were sourced in basically a foreign country of concern. But here are a few problems with that. And China would be a foreign country of concern. China, of course, is the global market cornered on battery Mm -hmm. manufacturing for electric vehicles. To the extent that these cars do not exist these cars that the bill these vehicles that the inflation reduction act is subsidizing and is for which they're giving you tax credits they don't exist okay there are we don't have these vehicles that contain batteries that aren't made with parts that are sourced in or manufactured in or or refined in countries of concern and the reason for that is not that we need more subsidies for various industries to make the batteries here. It is that we cannot make the batteries here because we have regulations that say you can't use the materials that are required for the batteries. And the Inflation Reduction Act does nothing to address this. This is frustrating because this is like saying we have the capacity to do this thing. In this case, it's you know mining and refining rare earths which are essential for the batteries and not just electric vehicles, but in phones and all kinds of tech charging. We have the resources to do that. We can do this cool thing. It will help the environment. There are rules that say for no good reason, we can't do the thing. We still need to do the thing. So (laughs) we are outsourcing the thing to a foreign adversary. Mm. This is not going to be addressed by subsidizing industries to do something that they cannot do. By, if you say, I'm going to keep you from getting your, you know, your tax credit, uh, if you have a battery that's made in China, that doesn't actually help you make the battery in the U.S. It just keeps you from getting a tax credit for having a battery made in China. This is a lesson in what what happens when people who don't know about prior policy try to make policy. Mm. Look at the regulations that currently exist, and then we can work on revising them. We can work on reforming them. We can work on actually making a change here. But Mm -hmm. until then, there's nothing that's going to get done. Even if these subsidies were going to work, which, which they're not, we don't need to subsidize these industries. I can tell you, it would be incredibly lucrative if we were to bring back rare, mi- rare earth mining here and rare mm-hmm. earth refining here. Because it's, it's a very, very, rare earths are in everything. Right. Who wouldn't want to do this? We can't do it. So it's not the sub, we don't need subsidies. You're proposing a solution that's not going to work and you're not addressing the actual problem. It's It's a metaphor for everything about
0: this administration. So, and my, my question is that under this, this, um, this inflation reduction act, is this the one that adds jobs to the IRS?
1: Yes. This is the one that adds the jobs and the money to add the jobs and the jobs to add the money.
0: I wanted to make sure before I went into this. So, because you see it from that perspective, and then I look at it from the from, from from of course from this this concept of they're saying that they're not going to raise taxes on people making less than four hundred thousand dollars a year and and this whole um, hang on sorry uh, my my computer's trying to update so just trying to um, you know the, hey we're not raising taxes on on these specific um, on on these specific people and so forth. And and then you're thinking like you think to yourself like, okay how many people in America actually make more than four hundred thousand dollars a year? And if you were funding the IRS to go after these people, then why do you need another eighty thousand another eighty thousand people to employ them to go after these supposedly rich people? And then it was what was I I saw something and, and it literally just talks about how where they actually do audits. And so you know, if, if they're saying, hey, we, we we are going to audit the rich people, well, wealthy people live in specific areas in the United States. Like it's not like the, it's not like most of them are living here in my city. Like now granted we have some wealthy people here, but most of them probably probably live closer to Houston. Um most of them probably live closer to Dallas. And that's if they're here in Texas. Like so the people who are making a whole lot of money like it's it's crazy, but if you look at a map at where they're actually doing audits, it's not in the bigger cities. It's in smaller rural areas or whatnot, and it's and and people are dispersed, and so it it, it just kind of kind of puts things into perspective. And then you see all these videos of the the IRS trainees and how they're using their are training with firearms, and and literally, I watched the video, and they walked in, and cleared a room poorly. I may say like,
1: I was going to ask how good were they? Did they do? Oh, it was
0: like, they are God awful. Like it is so bad when they're, I mean, it's, it's literally what it looks like is they literally went and picked a hundred people off the street and handed them this fake firearm and said, here's what you're going to do. And they walk in and they say, Let me see your hands. IRS, IRS, let me see your hands. We're like federal agents, federal agents. And they say, you're behind on your taxes or you haven't been paying your taxes. Like these are words that they literally came out of their mouth. And we're just like, and I'm just, I literally think like.
1: It has to be fake. I haven't seen it. I'm not saying that. I just, it has to be fake.
0: I am going to find it. And we are going to link it in the show notes. It is going, and I will repost it on Instagram 100% it is like you, it's so bad you think it's fake like you're like dude it's got to be fake it's got to be fake and and they have like the little like their trainees and they're saying like hey you know i've got my gun on me make sure that you um make sure that you clear it and i mean it is just it is god awful and i'm just looking at it like there's no way these are people there's no way you were sending these people to to audit People who are making millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars a year, like they're like that's not the, you don't send you send professionally trained people there and you just send them a letter in the mail and you just go off that route like like this is this is utterly nuts and I I've been I'm so confused by it and I was like it, it is I'm like eighty thousand new employees to go after less than, I mean, I think if you're making, if, if, if you're making, a, I mean, that's less than 1% of the population. Like, let's be real. I mean, cause it, like you're in the top 1% if, of earners. If you were making more than $400,000 a year, like you just are, it's, it is utterly ridiculous, man.
1: Well, and then you can avoid, I mean, or you can, yeah, you can, you can, you can avoid basically yes. whatever your, your need to pay your yep. need to paying. Wow. You're needing to pay <laughs> because you're, you've got, accountants and you've got people who can help you with that and you can, right. you can move your money around the people whom this is purported to target are going to be just fine. They're nothing's going to be enforced against them. Uh, and, and instead you're going to have all these federal agents, that best case scenario, they're going to be sitting around doing nothing and we're going to be paying for them. Worst case scenario, they're going to be auditing people who had extra transactions on Venmo one month. Um, and it, it just, it, becomes this nightmare. It becomes this mess. So once again, we're talking about the legitimacy of institutions. This is not helping. Uh, I mean, no one really ever thinks that the IRS is legitimate, but uh, <laughs> that's kind of the one where we're like, eh. um, but th- this is, this certainly doesn't help. And it's again, it's not effective because no. anyone whom the IRS is targeting with this is, is not going to to face consequences with these, with these extra agents. You can, exactly. it's not like they've just got money sitting around and they don't pay their taxes. It's that you look at the tax code and then you're able, when you, when you have the right resources, you're able to say, okay, well this year, what are the rates here? What are the rates there? And then you can, you know, you can divest in certain areas, invest in others to avoid needing to declare that you have certain types of income. That is all legal. These are strategies that you can use and these individuals will continue to use. And that's how, that's a lot of, it's how they got wealthy in the first place is by knowing how to move their money. It's not a bad thing, but it's also something that is not going to be, uh, that, that shouldn't need to be punished, but is certainly not going to be addressed by by extra agents that you know for for which we're all paying
0: yeah so it's crazy um my word of advice is to develop a trust and to have the trust work for you uh and that is a good way of tax avoidance um look into it that is what the wealthy do that's why you call them trust fund babies yeah whatnot so um look into that looking to trust, setting up a trust or whatnot. That is definitely going to be my next step as far as wealth building. Um, when I get into that, um, do a little bit more research and figure out the best way to do it, but develop a trust. I don't know, maybe one day when I have the time and, and I'm sitting here and, and it'll be me and Aria on our podcast Yay. and we could sit here and tell you about how to set up a trust and what's the best way to do it. Please um, do. To create generational wealth. So, Please do. Um, but... In other sad, 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 horrible sad news, Um, I'm just going to tell you, Brian Stelter is no longer with CNN. Now, let's all take a pause and moment of silence for Brian Stelter, who is is around my age, but looks like he's 50. Anyway, we're good. So,
1: (laughs) It's um, better news: CNN outlasted Brian Stelter. I do. You didn't really know, did you? Which one was gonna like? Which one was gonna just go off the air yeah, first? Was it gonna exactly. be CNN or was it gonna be Brian Stelter?
0: I'm surprised CNN has still. It's. I'm surprised CNN is still operating. I'm not gonna lie. I really am with with their. I mean, especially like here recently, their turnover rate has been pretty high as far as their their shows and stuff are concerned.
1: Well, they do have, they do have, they are under new management. And I think that's what some of the speculation is about why this mm. happened is it was this politically motivated, um, is, is the new, are the new execs and is the new exec team, uh, more conservative, which would be interesting. Yes, it would really, be. Um, but, uh, that is, and again, I, I don't think that would really change anything on the ground level though, on the granular level, because especially with CNN, you want, you, you have an audience, you know, who your audience are, Mm -hmm. you know, why they're watching CNN. Although maybe they're looking at the numbers and saying, we don't have enough of an audience. That's quite possible, right? But they want to see something. They want to see a certain thing. So they're not going to want to see Bill O'Reilly. I don't know why I pulled Bill. Wow. That's, that's a blessing. (laughs) They're not going to want to see Tucker Carlson. There we go. Mm -hmm. That's more relevant. That's more hip. The kids like that. Um, (laughs) You know, that, yeah, they, so I don't really think that this would have been politically motivated, anyhow. But it is interesting. It is it is interesting just because, to me, this was a surprise. Simply because Brian Stelter has just stayed on, uh, in spite of criticism of his program. Mm-hmm. He seems to be a guy who, at least occasionally, tries to do things genuinely um and does want cnn to succeed so this was this was a bit surprising for me
0: right i i i think um i mean as far as the cancellation of the show he's it's i i think he saw the writing on the wall a long time ago because it's like he he would see the show ratings and kind of see that people were were definitely going other places for their news And so, and so he's, and so if if you've watched like little tidbits that he would always say, you know, we've got to make sure people are coming to us for the news. You know, we've got to make sure that, that we, um, you know, people are going to these podcasts and, and especially during the height of COVID, you know, it was always, they're getting their medical misinformation from these podcasts and these other smaller venues or, or, you know, these YouTube channels and, and things of that nature. And I think he at that point he was kind of like seeing like I need to do something in order to make my show stay on the air. And, and I think a lot of us knew at that point that he, he was there's the fact that he lasted this long, I think is a surprise to a lot of people. At least it's a surprise to me. Like I've, I've, I was thinking that as soon as that, um what was it? I don't, it was, it, it was so, so short lived. I'm surprised. I, I can't remember the name like CNN go or CNN plus. CNN plus I think that's what it is um that once once CNN plus was yeah, CNN done plus, yeah. I was like you know what he's gotta he's gotta be short shortly fo- shortly to follow and the fact that he's lasted four months past my expectation is, it's been like okay like I just um I mean and he does seem genuine as far as like really wanting CNN to thrive and and I think I think he is one of those people who I never really thought that he was being um. Uh, disingenuous, like, like like with with a lot of the things, like he was truly trying to to find ways to to be a good medium, yet he was so far down the path of Trump derangement syndrome, and 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 the right is crazy, and this that and the third to where he couldn't see exactly where he was. And he was just like, and it's there was no like recovering from that, and it's like he, I mean he, and um maybe he was just he was just a genuinely fake person, which which I could see that too, but he, he genuinely he,
1: fake he, person,
0: exactly, exactly. He was just like like he was so fake it was genuine that he was fake. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but but so maybe that's just what it is. I'm. Mean, and I'm trying not to be so turned off by things that he was saying and the sound of his voice to say, like, I think he truly did really care about seeing people be successful and seeing seeing them be successful, successful. But um I, I mean, I don't care. I'm happy. He's no longer on the air. Like, I'm just going to be, I'm just, I mean, I'm just gonna be like, like things that he was saying and just kind of how he went after specific people and, and just, Like he was hating on the little man and, and all kinds of stuff. Like I'm, I'm happy that we no longer have to hear his voice. Not like, not that I watched the show, but I no longer, I'm going to put it this way. I, at this point, I no longer have to hear other podcasters clip CNN clips from his show and play them and make fun of him.
1: There we go. No. And there are people, I mean, I think we all have that too. We all have places where we think that we're being genuine And we just have some kind of, we have some blind spot that keeps us from being able to look at something really critically and really appropriately. There are a lot of people in the media who are that way. And I mean, again, we all have it. And so when you see it in the media, it becomes very, very obvious. Um, What I'm trying to impress is that, yes, there are bad actors in the media. There are people who will absolutely distort things and take things out of context, Um, And then there are people who just don't see what they're doing uh, with a given issue. And I think Brian Seltzer genuinely tried to do right. I, I rarely am glad when someone leaves their job, you know, because maybe they didn't want to. Um, And it's, it's never, it's never fun to see someone in that position or, or it's rarely fun to see someone in that position. It does make me curious. About what the vision is for CNN, given the fact that the numbers across the board for cable are just so bad. And this inability of of institutions of trad media, as we call it here, (laughs) to evolve this difficulty they have evolving just because they're so big. Yeah. Um, it, it really points Economies to- Economies of
0: scale, people. Economies well, that's the of
1: thing. Scale. It's really interesting, right? So it points to this broader lesson that I'm not the first person to, to note this, but it seems like the size of the successful industry, the size of the successful business grows and shrinks depending on the number of people necessary to do a given job. Right. When theoretically you have technology that advances and is so widely accessible to the extent that one person can really do anything, you know, then the size of the most successful, efficient company, most productive, most innovative company is going to scale down and down and down and down. For this sure. doesn't just apply to business. This applies to government, too. So things kind of wax and wane because when you have a huge tech boom, obviously, the new tech isn't always accessible to everyone right away. And you have, you know, if the, new, the new tech isn't accessible to everyone right away. And then mm-hmm. also people have to learn. There's a learning curve. How do I use this? So things expand. You need right. more people in a given industry. You need more people in a given business to do things. That's, you know, initial industrialization.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Same with government. Then things shrink. People learn, people develop new skills and things, right. it becomes faster and faster and faster to do a whole lot of things. You now only need maybe one worker to run an entire business. You can be your own yep. boss. Um, and we are now kind of at that stage and we see what happens when there are these institutions that have difficulty adapting to that. Mm-hmm. And it makes me a little bit you know, it gives me a little bit of faith in the future in terms of government too, in terms of the state too, because we see how inefficient centralization is, especially in this era. I just want us to see it. You know, I, I, I right. say we see it, but I want, I want it to be known that the more technology is in the individual's hands mm. and the more the individual is able to wield that tech, the less we need a centralized body, whether in business or in government, telling us how to wield it, how to use it, what to do with it, because that just slows us down.
0: Right, for sure, and, and I I I think it's, it's it's interesting, especially when you when you talk about like how you have these big corporations who are always slow to adjust. I mean, it, it's. That's just the that's just business like that is cyclical, like we see that everywhere. And so it's we um it's the fact that CNN just recently put out an app for their um for like additional aspects as far as like, hey, you know, about putting stuff behind the paywall and things of that nature um, four months ago shows how lagging they really are. Like, yeah. I mean, because if if you think about it, I mean, I like Disney Plus was late because every, I mean, we've been having apps behind paywalls for a long time. Like you, you could download the MTV app years ago and be able to watch stuff behind their specific thing. If you had their specific, like HBO Max, like you were having all these things and now all of a sudden CNN Plus does it. And it's just like, you, if you are the last one to the party, it's probably too late. And well, so, the fact
1: that, yeah. Go ahead. The fact that you couldn't get CNN Plus on the App yes. Store—that yes. was I didn't know that until I read a story about right. CNN Plus's downfall, and I was absolutely shocked. You right. couldn't get it on the on the App Store. I—I I mean, this is just common sense you want to make your product accessible even if that means going to other platforms Mm -hmm. and this is something that old school businesses don't do because they have there's this mindset of well no we can't feed the competitor exactly but when you have and with cryptocurrency it's a great example because why is polka dot so great because polka dot allows you to get onto different on and off various chains Mm -hmm. even if it's a competitor right and Polkadot is awesome. And that's why people are, 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 are loving that kind, those kinds of cryptos. And right. the same thing applies to businesses it where does. you profit now to an extent by working with your competitor. Mm-hmm. That's cool. That's yeah. peak capitalism. I'm here literally. for it. Yeah,
0: literally. Yeah. Like, I mean, and, and I know a man is not keen to this, but those of our Texas listeners, they are H-E-B like H-E-B is a, is a local grocery store. And, and and i i claim them because i used to work for them forever um but they are only in the state of texas as far as nationally so they're not national but they're international because they have stores in mexico which i I'm like hey, that's pretty neat but they literally are like they're they're always looking for ways to adapt they are the biggest employer in the state of texas like they're well i mean i think i think they're now over like a hundred some odd thousand employees across the state and they it's there's always some sort of changing there's always some sort of being able to adapt because they know in order for them to last they have to be able to change and shift because business is different there's a reason why you know before it's always hey you know they always change different units of measure and of course as managers and leaders in the story we get frustrated because we're like why are they making all these changes? And then we realize, oh, it's because they they see a they see five, 10 years down the line when we're going to have grocery stores in which you just walk in with a basket and walk out, or whatnot, and you just pay for things via an app and you don't have to worry about it. And so you walk through the sensor and you literally scans everything at once, or whatnot. That's how we unload our docs. Like, like th- there's all these things that you see. And they've been working on this stuff for seven, eight years because they're like, okay, like, Hey, this is where things are going. And, and I applaud them for that. That's the reason why they've been in, been in business for, oh man, 115 years. I want to say yes. 115 years. They've been around or 17 years. I'm sorry. My math is off. They've been around since 1905. And so they're a grocery store that's able to adapt and to change. But then you've got these other big companies that do the exact opposite. I mean, you got to think like so like like Disney, like like the MCU, Marvel, all these things. They are that people are mad at specific things because how they're not shifting, you know, that this idea of, of of what they're doing with their specific phases. And if you don't shift and everything goes to a specific you, you're catering to one audience and that audience literally does is not the one who pays for your product then you're and you're not making it as accessible as CNN's case if if you're not doing all these things you are going to fall by the wayside and I don't understand why I mean I don't understand why large companies don't see this and if they do i, I they've got to be I mean like cuz this is stuff that you learn in business class like I learned I mean we learned about this in my economics class in high school you know so how if maybe they're just too big to move, I don't know. Maybe they they they're so out of touch with reality as far as the leaders are concerned that they feel like they're just insulated and hey, that will never happen to us because we're on top of the world. Like, I don't know whatever mindset these people have, but whatever it is, if it doesn't change, we, like I mean, we the 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 trajectory that corporate media is already on is going to like it is going to be disastrous for every single one of them the foxes the msnbcs the cnn's all of them will sub- be will succumb to the young turks the louder with crowder um i i i say young turks um effort because amanda was was almost being pushed to be on the show
1: I, no it was not almost but don't get people too excited i was not almost being pushed to be on the show it was it's i i was it was mentioned i'm not being pushed to be on young turks if i'm on young turks i will let you know it takes too long to go into detail but oh, nobody get too excited yet
0: so but like i, I just that's why you're seeing all these smaller things that's why Tim Pool is huge that's why you know joe rogan is huge that's why you have all these smaller things that are huge because of how they they are they're centered and they they're very niche and they're able to adjust and quickly adapt and and i i think you're going to if if these big these big corporations don't shift then it it, it'll be the end of trad media which i'm not opposed to so
1: it's just, I mean, I'm, I I'm, I'm rooting for everyone because I root for businesses, because I root for markets. So I, I'm rooting for Trad Media to figure <laughs> this out. I am. I, I, don't know how they do, but like honestly, if they do, it's really exciting. I'm, I'm really excited to see it. We have people waving at us in the chat. Hi, people waving. Hi, Hello. Dan. Hi Bailey. Hi Miguel. You're all awesome. Thank you for joining us. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm rooting for them because. I think that the more solutions we see, the more we learn and the more solutions we develop. But I'm with you, Maurice. I don't see exactly how they get out of it just because they are so big. Yep. Um, and I mean, unless, unless you have like I you need an interface like this, like the interface that we have right now that we've got Magoo and Dan and Bailey and JC, which is that is that this is awkward for me um jc hey uh no i'm pretty sure that's justin um (laughs) (laughs) um, when we've got people interacting with us on the show and you're able to respond there's not that kind of interface in trad media there's not that kind of immediate response and i think the one place where you do we've touched on this before where you do still have traditional media outlets dominating is in areas like, uh, like warfare just because you have those correspondence established in foreign countries but even that's changing and it's primed to change especially mm-hmm. because things change so much on the ground in the immediate term right. that you want to be able to see what's going on, what's exactly. happening um, and I mean if we figured out how to do live streaming from everywhere and podcasting from everywhere, chances or it's Jesus Christ, yeah that's why I, That's why I say it. yeah, this is awkward um, but it's uh, that's, that's, we we were able to figure out how to do it uh, domestically mm-hmm. and nationally. We can figure out how to do live streaming and live coverage of, of global events internationally. I want to be here for that too.
0: Definitely. Definitely. So last thing, we've got, we've got a few things that are changing. Um, another thing that I'm excited about, I don't know, well, I really don't know how excited I am about this because I don't so, know yeah. if it's. If his successor is going to be uh worse than he is. But Dr. Anthony Fauci Farsi False, whatever you want to call him, is retiring. Amanda put it, and I saw it when, when I opened it, I was like, oh my gosh, let's talk about this. Just brief. Um, hey, all praise to the ones to to, to the to the man of above
1: science science is is science retiring
0: science is science is gone
1: i'm i guess so i'm looking at an article that's saying that he's not he's technically not retiring that he's you know he's just moving to another chapter in his life i guess uh to spend time with beagle puppies is that too soon (laughs) um yeah so this was uh I think this was a story that broke on Friday or Saturday. This was one of our drop the negative press on the weekend stories, <laughs> our old lessons from PR. Um, so yes, uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci is is leaving. It says he will leave government, but isn't retiring. How much of that, I wonder, is is due to him anticipating Republicans taking Congress in the midterms and trying to stage some, you know, crazy series of hearings against him, you going back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the podcast questioning his and the CDC's legitimacy. Is this related at all to to any musings on that or any or any fears of that for him?
0: Hmm. I don't know, but I opened this article and this is how I know this is how I know our current president is not fit to be our current president. The United States is the United States of America is stronger, more resilient and healthier because of him, said President Biden about Dr. Fauci. Now, I don't know about you, but way back in the day during this AIDS pandemic, um, I don't think America is stronger, more resilient or healthier because of him. And the whole way that that Dr. Fauci was talking about everything two years ago, discussing how we should handle things and and herd immunity is not this and that and and whatnot and blah, 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 whatever he was saying. Uh, Now, all of a sudden, he's he's changing his tune or whatnot to say what people were saying two years ago. But, hey, um, whatever you got to say, President Biden, um, Dr. Fauci, um, Dr. Farsi, um, I'm just going to tell you he's leaving government. Um, you're not going to be missed by me. Good this- luck, and whatever your endeavors, whatever you're going to do, uh, I don't wish ill will on any man. Um, I don't want to see you. I, I, I don't want to see you uh, die. But uh, uh, I, you won't be missed by Maurice Jones. I'm gonna tell you that.
1: This is what is confusing to me because he became this icon, right, for the health apparatus, the health mm-hmm. security apparatus, whatever. But he was dishonest. He admitted he was dishonest. He said not to use masks. And he said to use masks. And he Mm -hmm. said you can use any mask. And then he said, well, I knew you couldn't use masks. Or I knew you should use masks. But we were trying to protect the PPE. I was doing this lie thing. I was doing a noble lie. And Plato is never okay to do. There's a reason they killed Socrates. Um, (laughs) But I have thoughts on Socrates and Plato. But at any rate, um, you know, There's a lot more harm than good that this mm-hmm. man did, even if you think, even if you're completely on board with, uh, you know, with so much of what ended up happening. Even if you love the vaccines, I, I, I'm a fan of modern medicine. I think vaccines are good things. People should have access to them. I don't know how he didn't help with that. Right. Uh, he didn't help with PPE. He came out and he said things. And a lot of the things that he said were lies. And then he admitted they were lies and they made people trust him less. And then he walked back some of the earlier things that he said. And I don't know exactly what he did that did help the country become stronger and more resilient and and better. Um Dan says, I think he's just going into the private sector to make even more money being a pharma lobbyist or something. That is that quite possible. Yep. There is a revolving door. K Street is very close by to the hill. Um, so that is that is infinitely uh possible and uh finitely but certainly greatly probable. If you would like more adverbs, you can just read anything I've ever written.
0: <laughs> Gotta love it. So yep i agree with dan um i just i just don't want to hear his name ever again i mean i'm going to um it's just his, his name will be forever attached to COVID, um and COVID's not going anywhere and i'm always going to hear about it so it is what it is but um the fact that he is stepping down from his role or he is he is leaving the government but he's not retiring um my question is so does that mean he's no longer collecting a check from the government Cause if that's the case, whew, I need my money back,
1: please. Well, when when he retires, doesn't he? Um, doesn't he still get like a government check? I, I'm not sure exactly how that works. Yeah, so I, isn't like, he the highest paid man in government though?
0: Yeah, okay. yeah. So so like, but I, I don't I don't know how all of their like benefits and stuff work as far as all that's concerned. Like if he if if whatever whatever they've got, I think I don't know what the government has going for them just stealing from people's tax dollars, tax stealing tax dollars is all it is. But anyway, um, whatever he's got going on, um, I'll tell you this again, There there are very few people who, uh, who, who I do not like. He is one of them. He can go kick rocks with no socks. That's all I say. So, um, that being said, we're, we will end the show on that note. Um, kick rocks with no socks. You guys can have it, steal it, use it for whatever you want to say. Um, please, please, please follow us on all forms of social media. Uh, Instagram. Call me Maurice. And that's my personal one. And then at civil discord. I, I, I'm telling you, when the baby shows up, she's going to be plastered all over my social media. Do all of that. Um, I will make sure I repost that uh, the IRS raids. Um, yeah, I need to
1: watch those. The,
0: from, from I mean, look, like
1: it's fake, Maurice. Raid. It's all fake.
0: <laughs> We're watching. The, oh, the legitimacy matters. Um, so, uh, so doing that, I I will make sure I repost all that follow us on Twitter as well at civil discord podcast.
1: Sorry.
0: sorry. Podcast is Instagram at civil discord pod is, uh, is on Twitter. Um, I get confused. I'm old. And then, um, follow, follow Amanda as well at Ajax the Griff. Um, you will be able to see a lot of the things that she is doing. It is so much fun. It is actually exciting to see all of that and just see her, um, I'm like it'll be like I mean once she's like this great journalist and and that everybody is just hey we need her to write for us we need her to write for us and she's I'm like hey I remember one day we started off on the slowly podcast called Civil Discord yeah. and it was well, a weekly dose of radical curiosity so find the archives will get
1: canceled it'll be fantastic no watch watch my Valley podcast you yes guys. you'll learn will. so much you'll have fun.
0: We will link all of that in our show notes, ready to go. Um, leave us a five star rating review on Apple Podcasts. We greatly appreciate it. Um, follow us on Spotify. Uh, follow us on wherever you catch your 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 podcast. Do all of that, and I assure you, we I promise you, we'll be back again with another episode of Divis Civil Discord. Um, my my baby girl may be here then, may not. We don't know. But until then, y'all be easy, stay fierce. Boom, sounds good.